Good afternoon and welcome back to the Conservatarian Exchange on the Liberty Block, hosted today by Mike, Gina, and Ed M. And we welcome everybody to the show. Hey, guys. Hey, everybody. Um, Before I turn it over to everybody else, I just want to mention the more that I've been hearing what's coming out about COVID with everybody admitting that every single thing they said was a lie and that every single thing that they thought us wacko conspiracy nuts um, was crazy. I just want to point out that our fearless leader almost two years ago published his book, The Plague That Must Not Be Questioned. Notice it's not called Corona Fascism because Amazon took it down when he called it that. And some of his stuff that even I thought was wacky has been so proven to be true and prescient. I mean, he was way ahead as far as publishing, not necessarily knowledge, but a Bobby Kennedy, Naomi Wolf, and he was well footnoted, but it's just scary. You know, they do the with COVID and from COVID thing. I remember him yelling about that almost three years ago. And it goes, you know, you're not allowed to ask any of those questions. So anyway, Mm. he's the original ahead of the curve. And, uh, we're all ahead of the curve. What What was one other thing that Alu really nailed? Oh, I don't know. I'd have to go back. But he was, and it, it really was well-sourced. Mm-hmm. But I, I'm the PCR test for sure. You know, that came out earlier that that was fake. But I remember in the beginning when people were yelling that probably 97% of the positives are false. Mm-hmm. And you weren't allowed to say that. Mm-hmm. And then slowly it leaked out, leaked out. I mean, pretty much everything he said, you know pans out and it's so horrible when you see you know as dr wen and fauci and all them sort of weaseling with well blah we didn't really mean it Uh, you know you got fauci out there saying i didn't tell anybody to lock down and yeah well it was interesting i caught a video somebody shared about fauci it was um right before trump took office and he was predicting that trump will be dealing with some kind of an outbreak during his term he actually said it. Really? That, that really makes you wonder. Yeah, not no joke. You know, I don't want to, I don't want to get off on the Jewish thing too much, but I literally right before the show, I caught a series of articles by some rabbi. I'm not that familiar with him personally, but he's from the Orthodox world. And he was writing that a certain organization of Jewish female doctors popped up right before the um epidemic and was very, very pro-vax and, you know, destroying anybody who was anti-vax. And they actually started out during the measles things. I don't know how much you guys remember up here in the Northeast, there were some measles problems. Vaguely, I remember. Yeah. yeah, it was especially hitting the Orthodox Jewish community. I think it's in a few other states, but, and they were pushing vaccines for that. And then they very easily segued into a major, major push of vaccines into the Orthodox Jewish community. And he's basically exposing the fact of exactly who was funding them. No, uh, no shock. It's the health department and it's the CDC and how many community leaders they got to parrot their stuff. And when you listen to the community leaders saying what they said a year or two ago, and you compare it to some of the information that's out there now. I mean, he has no problem calling them mass murderers, but it's really scary. And everybody just, you know, parroted the line. And now if it comes out that everybody was bought and paid for by the CDC and the FC, the what's the other one, FDA, 
et cetera, et cetera. And I'm sure it's like this in many communities because they had these grants, you know, to target communities. Mm-hmm. So, you know, good-looking Italian guys in the Middle Ages kind of thing. Well, you know, we got to give him pizza. And the Jews, mm-hmm. we got to give knishes. You know, I don't know what else, what else they're giving. But anyway, that's my spiel. Will anybody ever pay for this? Very no. unlikely, obviously. Never, never, never. But they're probably somebody, planning the... Go ahead. Somebody just put up that thing that no one's ever regretted not taking the shot. <laughs> I don't regret good. not taking it. We know oh. and Gino says every day it's the biggest mistake he made in his life. I wish I could say that, but... <laughs> I was going to say every day that goes by, I'm happier that I haven't done it. Right. I, I just hope I don't need a blood transfusion and get blood from somebody who got the jab. So or or a kidney or uh yeah. 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 I mean, I know a lot of people who did hold on. And I remember when I think Alu and many others were yelling about what it's doing to you know women's cycles and to fertility and stuff. And mm-hmm. they were getting creamed for saying that. And then mm-hmm. one more comes out. And I remember people saying, you know, if this hurts fertility, and um, I may not get it back. I can't risk that. And yeah, so well, the real scary part remains that we don't know the long term effects, right? We don't know it. That was the whole point. They didn't do trials, they didn't do long testing. I mean, how in the world could they have pushed this on us? I mean, you don't have to have negative trials in order to know that there's something nefarious going on when they forced it on when they when they tried to mandate it without knowing. Yeah, they still and are. <laughs> not, not to make it a Trump show, but like Ed Maslish has said many times on this show, that is going to be his weak spot. And apparently he's still out there bragging about the vaccines. And it's not going to play well a year or two from now. Mm-hmm. Nope. I don't think it's playing well even, even today. Right. But then we're going to be voting. And I agree with you totally. I think it's going to play even worse. So, all right, Gina, let me bother you. What's the biggest story of the week? Uh... Ooh, the biggest, I don't, you always ask me that. I don't know. I don't have a big, I guess. The Tell me any world, story of the week. Well, the, economic the, world forum right now. Um, are you uh, there the actually Oh, I know, I know. Wait, I got, I got it, I got it. It is Greta Thunberg smiling for the camera as she got arrested at the coal plant. Yes, there you go. I got it. I figured it out. There's two stories. One is it was staged. One is it wasn't staged. I'm going to go with staged. She was smiling. The officers were smiling. It was like AOC when she got arrested slash not arrested type thing. It it was staged 100%. Yeah, yeah, that's it. That's the biggest story that takes everything right there. There we go. Mm -hmm. Well, I I I think think the biggest story was the, the appointment of the special counsel. Yeah, that means nothing to me. Um, Ed, is it good or is it a, what's the word I'm looking for? What's that fancy word for something to hide behind? It's, yeah, it's their way to keep it's their hands clean from it. It's a ruse. Yep. There's a better word than that. Yeah. But, but yeah, just to say we're going to follow the process. Did you guys see that clip where she said process 400 times in like one minute? Geron, <laughs> whatever her name is. KG, yeah. KJ. They've moved on from, I'll circle back to that, to... Uh, KJP, to the process, the process. So, Ed, do you think there's good coming out of it? Or do you think it's going to be more of a cover-up to keep everybody from asking questions? It depends on the whole purpose of the documents turning up. I mean, the documents weren't found by Republicans. They were found by people close to Biden. Were they found or were they told where they were? 
Like, seriously. Regardless, though, I mean, in the normal course of events, if Biden's lawyers find a bunch of classified documents, they're either going to get returned to where they belong without anybody knowing, or they're going to wind up in a fireplace and burned. The fact that we know about them tells me that there's some ulterior motive behind it. Well, I think we always have to have our antenna up as to whether they're looking to get rid of China Joe at this point. And there's so one that- theory out there, which I think is a little out there, that Hunter's going to work with the authorities and try to throw his dad under the bus. I doubt it. He yeah, can't even I- throw the, the ex-lover under the bus so that the child won't have his last name. Come on now. I ain't got enough brains to do diddly squat. All right, you Gina, you mastermind that seriously now. Come on. Since you brought up the name Gina, what is involved in that? What who gets to decide if you have a last name and why is it the court's business? And how does that so I guess it has to do with if it's a hindrance to the child. It is whatever's in the child's best interest. However, so the judge themselves like totally ridiculed Hunter in the courtroom and was going on, oh, well, you're a famous artist. Why wouldn't they want your name? He said that? Yeah, no, it's a female, if I remember correctly. I was reading it. Yes, like, because he was saying, oh, it's going to be, because the child's four years old, and it's going to be all this pressure on the child to have this name, and they're going to have to live with this. And they're like, nope, you're a successful businessman. You make over $100,000 a month just from this, and you're an artist. And this, I mean, every, this judge has got to be the (laughs) most conservative ever. Just if you would have read this, Wow. The dialogue back and forth. I was like, get him. And anyway, so yeah, um, Hunter Biden is an idiot and he's not smart enough to do what you're suggesting at all. That's all. He I doesn't have to be smart enough. Right. I mean, if the justice, to, I mean, if, if the, the deep state wants to get Joe Biden, they'll use whatever tools are at their disposal. Right. I mean, they can tell by Hunter what he needs to say to avoid prison time or to avoid you know, whatever they're going to do. Right, they can feed well, it. So, I mean, from what I understand, the um, the investigation is very narrow in its focus, whereas with Trump, it's wide open. It's, is it narrow like the Supreme Court leaker narrow? Uh, I, I don't know. It's, it's the way the attorney general, I guess, commissioned it or what, however you want to put it. But th- that's what I, what I had heard. Um, so I have to wonder if it's all just What's the word we're looking for, Stephen? A They're smoke, screen, smoke. A smoke, smoke screen. screen. That that's a They're better word. Smoke. We're getting yeah. there. Yeah, much so, better. I, you know, again, on the one hand, you're saying you're always looking for that that one story or, or scandal or whatever where maybe they're turning on Biden, or is this really to protect him? Or maybe it's both. Maybe you there know. is a movement to get rid of him, and then this is you know some people still trying to protect him. Now, what's it? The council. Ed, what's the difference? So like Trump's are covered under a different act, the presidential act, whatever the heck it's called, is covered by that because he actually has the ability to declassify. So he's got a little bit more wiggle room, I guess you'd say, where Biden pretty much is a federal employee and doesn't have that right. What is what is his fall under? I know it's not the presidential. Well, it's, the same, it's the same statutes. It's just mm-hmm. that Trump had the ability to declassify and Biden and Biden didn't because he was vice president. So Trump has a defense available to him that Biden doesn't. Correct. So oh. and as an attorney. Yeah, I, mean, I know there's people out there questioning why is he paying attorneys to clean out his closet, which is a very interesting question. Um, well, that's, isn't what it the attorney the, that's from you, Penn, right? But that's what I raised it right at the beginning. I mean, if, forget about why is he paying them? I mean, 
the fact that they found it, I mean, they're supposed to be working in his best interest. Why would they turn over? Well, that's my question. What is the ethical they, responsibility of yeah. an attorney if they see top secret documents? Are they obligated? But why, well, why were they looking in the first place? Well, that's two questions. Two questions. Why were the lawyers looking? And two, don't they have any more of an obligation as officers of a court or something? For, well, no. Well, for an ordinary crime, as officers of the court, they have an obligation to not say anything. It's a violation of the attorney-client privilege for them to say anything. But I don't know if there's some exception for top secret information. Because the minute they read it, what are they violating? Or it's only the person who left it that's violating? Um, see, that's that gets into the classified statutes, and I'm not familiar with them. If Ed P were here, he's more familiar with and, them. And you wouldn't, you wouldn't tell us because you'd have to kill us. Well, but who, no, but I can tell you that, for instance, if if my client turns over, you know, some papers to me, you know, like suppose that he's got a car accident case, and I say, you know, give me your, give me all your papers, your medical bills, and within his medical bills, there's this handwritten note admitting that he killed somebody. If I take that handwritten note and give it to the police, I get disbarred. Right, but if how about if that handwritten note was in a folder marked skiff? Do you have any? The, I don't know if that's different. I, yeah, yeah, I don't know. I'm not. I don't know that area of law. Interesting. Okay, so so Biden still that office was still his, correct? What do you mean the office? It, was as in November, because like normally, like a closet. Why were the lawyers in his office? Like, was that office still something that was used by Joe or Hunter? Because like cleaning crews, you know, like the cleaning lady that comes in vacuums. That's who I would see opening the closet and be like, oh, crap, it says classified. Like, why was somebody there? To, like it's Probably the same cleaning crew that wiped Hillary's server. You mean like with a rag? Yeah. <laughs> but like, where's the background story for it? Because that's and maybe I've just missed it. I mean, was this still an office he was using regularly before he was sworn in or somebody that he knows was using it? Like, where's any of that? Because well, some he... of it's a Penn Biden building, but some of it, you know, yeah. we're talking about the Corvette uh, garage, garage thing or. Not about all of it. Like, why were the lawyers there to start with to even find anything? That's my question. Maybe his domestic assistants charge more than lawyers. <sighs> well, I'm sure that the, the House is going to have a an investigation of it, and that'll be a question that'll be asked. Mm -hmm. I'm sure they're going to say attorney-client privilege, executive privilege, all sorts of, they'll, they'll claim yes. all sorts of privileges. Somebody put a headline up there. I was going to ask you about it, but I can't remember who did, that the lawyers are witnesses to a crime because they discovered it. Does that make any sense? Well, I don't know about, I mean, like you said, if they if you see classified information that you're not supposed to see, a crime has taken place. Oh, it's Jonathan Turley who said it. Biden's lawyers likely witnesses in a criminal investigation. Right, right. Yeah, uh, Jonathan Turley did say that. Um, I, I, when I read that, though, if you read his story, it's not just witnesses. They might themselves have been, they might have violated the law by by reading classified information. They're not supposed to read it. Yeah, I don't know how the it. statutes work. It can open up a wing of uh, ex-Trump lawyers and ex-Biden lawyers in one of the uh, yeah. penitentiaries without cameras. Yeah. Well, it's interesting because I was listening to Mark Levin on Sunday night, 
And, um, you know, he, he made the point of how the deep state has basically dug this hole for themselves because of go- they wanted to go after Trump on everything. You know, <clears throat> you know, Trump, Trump was negotiating uh, with respect to turning over documents or, or whatever. Um, and instead they raided Mar-a-Lago <laughs> and now they would at least want to threaten the prosecution. I know, Ed, that you don't think that was ever going to happen. But, you know, what, put, what choice did they have in this situation? They couldn't totally turn a blind eye. So that's why I of think... Of course they could have turned a blind eye. They could have just burned the documents. Well, they, they, have, they could have done that, but I'm talking about the AG. I mean, you know, once... Once they public, didn't burn the documents. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the AG is hardly a model citizen of, of ethics. I mean... I know that. You know, he could have just ordered that the, the documents be replaced where they belong. He could have ordered that they be destroyed. But again, this is all part of the weaponization that's been going on. And- so who else would have, so the documents in the garage, all this stuff, obviously it's been there for what, seven years now, six years, something like that. Wow. So people have walked by these documents. So who besides Hunter would be trying to take Biden out? Who else? Like these Everybody are, these who are doesn't big... want him to be president because they know he's a loser. So but they, they got nobody but losers lined up. Come on. Who the heck do they got better? Newsom. Bill Murphy. There you go. Well, but I mean, I don't think it's I mean, maybe it's coincidence, but maybe it's not coincidence that all this is happening within a couple of weeks of him saying, I think I want to run for president. Mm-hmm. I mean, some people are saying it's the Obama gang because they hate him. Some people were actually saying it's Obama gang because he wants Michelle in. But listen, whenever the king is dying, the enemies start to gather up steam and, you know, to replace him. And it's a timing question. If if you're too early, you're going to get killed. And if you're too late, you're going to lose out. So, I mean, is there any Democrat that really wants him to run again? Jill. Dr. Jill, excuse me. (laughs) No, and probably nobody else. Right. I mean, nobody really wants him to but listen. If you're like, they're going to be even more scared if DeSantis ends up being the nominee. Right. I think if you're Mayor Pete or somebody right. like that, I'm sure you're waiting for him to, uh, you know, to pull out, so to speak. <laughs> Sorry, and that was. Uh, <laughs> I'm not touching. <laughs> I, I'm called. Oh, speaking, <laughs> Stephen Phil. Speaking, speaking of which, and don't ask me how my mind went from there to there. The MLK statue that everybody's talking about. Anybody want to make any clean comments? I don't well, I'm, I'm just a, I'm surprised it wasn't commissioned for San Francisco. Ooh. Oh no! Oh, Is it God. like it a gay-looking photo it or downhill. I have not well, seen. When, when I first, honestly, when I first saw it, it looked like a, a big giant turd. So I was thinking about people pooping on the streets and stuff like that. So you know, good where's art. The, where's the statue? Good art is supposed to be sacred and uplifting. Mm-hmm. This was profane and, and blasphemous and, and disgusting. So, I mean, to me, it was just, it, it was an attack on Western civilization as a whole. It's an attack on our, our spiritual strength. Gene, mm-hmm. I'm going to go all sexist here and ask you as a woman for your aesthetic evaluation. I don't even know what the, oh, here, is this it? New monument dedicated to Curtis. What? These two hands? Yeah. Yeah, what are they holding? Yeah, that's beautiful. I see the San Francisco resemblance. Yes, wonderful. (laughs) That's great. 
when I first saw it, I had no idea what it was. You know what? It would be good in San Francisco anyway, because now they're trying to give black individuals reparations of five million dollars a piece in San Francisco. And so you know what? I'm gonna if it's five million bucks, I'm moving to California and no, you can't I'm gonna identify as you had to have lived there the last 13 years. 13 years. I identify as having lived there for the last there you go. There you go. That works. (laughs) Yes. Five million flipping like they could ever afford. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. Mm -hmm. And you gotta be what between born between 1940 and 1996. There's so many people are flipping idiots. So you know, California was not a slave state. That's yeah, that's what it it was a free state. Mm -hmm. Details, details. Yeah. All right. One other story while we still have tinfoil hats on and then we can get serious. Tucker floated the idea that the FAA glitches, so to speak, which were everywhere in one country were ransom attacks. Um, Anybody have any thoughts? He's not usually wacko, right? So where else were they? I know it said Canada and India. Is that right? Canada and some Canada. other things. Definitely Canada. Yeah, yeah I know. I've heard Canada. Day, right? the, the next day. <clears throat> totally different system. But apparently there was one before those. Ed, did you hear him say that? Uh, there was another one. I'm trying to remember where it was. I'm thinking it was the Philippines. It was some, It's in that area somewhere, I think. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, it's like any sort of conspiracy that we have, right? I mean... But he's not usually wacko. Well, he talks about aliens a lot, but <laughs> but yeah. uh, ser- no, seriously. I mean, like we have we have these conspiracies that come to our head or ideas, and it's like Rush Limbaugh used to say: it's like you just wait wait a little while and it becomes true, right? He you point out the absurdity or what have you, right? Um, so not we can't we can't assume anything, you know that that wasn't a possibility. So but who's if, responsible? If, if, so if who's responsible? If he's, if he's onto something, then we've got a big problem. But if he's onto something, who's responsible for it? Mayor Pete. Oh, you can't just keep blaming poor Buddha Jidge, however the heck you say his name. Yeah. Booty boy, booty boy, <laughs> booty boy, Buddha Jidge. I mean, is, is it saying something <laughs> that they're willing to say right away? It was just a database problem and let's move on. Is that telling us something or? No, because if it were really just a database problem, then they would lay it out there and we would, you know, somebody's head would roll and we would fix the problem. Clearly, it was something not clearly, but I I suspect it was something different. Mm -hmm. And that's just their way of trying to move on from the story, whether it was a ransom. I don't know, but uh, certainly plausible who, you know, who would have done it? I, I don't know. I mean, it could have been a lot of people. So what does so how long was like Canada, for example, how long were their flights grounded? And what and what would be like the the benefit of grounding all these flights? What what can you gain out of that? Money, money. I want a hundred million dollars so that you can fly your plane. That that's the easy. Yeah, but, but but do they have to have that system up to fly to begin with? They didn't have to have it up for those planes that were already mid-air to continue flying or for them to land. I don't know. I don't know that much about the system, but I thought they did, but I don't know. I thought they did too. No, the planes planes that were already up, they were fine. Because it's supposedly it's that airman information system for when they're taking or before they take off to know if there's going to be any issues or any whatever. I don't know. So yeah, the planes were able to land 
and the ones that were already in flight when the system went down were able to continue to their destination. And I guess to put my hat on just a little bit tighter before I take it off, you know, this is right after the series of electrical uh, shootings and relations being shot up. And that was. Yeah. And I've never heard another thing about those. Do we know what happened to the one here in North Carolina? Bueller, anybody? Nothing. Nobody's heard nothing. It just disappeared too. I mean, it doesn't seem like anybody's trying that hard to find out what happened, are they? I've not heard one other thing since we talked about it on here last. So I'm gonna go with no. And is it scary how vulnerable we are? I don't think scary is a good enough word. We're completely defenseless, honestly. Yeah, I mean, if you could take out the whole FAA like that and make such a mess of the electrical system, and that's probably without trying too hard. Oh, they lost that. Yeah, I mean... It, um, it's that stupid FAA glitch. It just got him, too. Yes, Dang I, it. I think so. <laughs> They're going to be holding us for ransom soon. Right. I hope I hope you have some. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, the bigger picture is always the grid, right? So we always worry about an electrical impulse of some sort electric oh you mean that the emp bombs or something yeah yeah so uh, again it, it it also boils down to we simply have lost faith in our institutions the people who are supposed to be protecting us um that they're actually in control of all of these things and is it because they're spending so much time and energy on wokeism <laughs> and they just don't care well there's, there's that um, I think we've just gotten so lazy and complacent in a lot of ways. I mean, we just have a lot of people that are in positions of power that aren't worthy of our trust. Yeah. And it's scarier than ever how bad they've got. Like they literally yeah. don't, don't seem to care at all. So you don't trust like John Kerry or nothing like that? Yeah. Or any of them that are over there that say they're protecting the human race and mankind? You don't well, trust them? I, I trust him as much as his uh his his um his mates back in, in Vietnam. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Now serious stories that are out there. Can anybody mm. name any? A serious story? I mean, there are lots of big stories out there. Mm. Serious, serious, serious. New York. Mike, are you following Mayor Adams complaining about immigration in New York City? I only heard a little bit about it. Um, I mean, so every day he's really. making a bigger deal out of it, but nobody wants to admit what's going on. <laughs> well, is that just because he wants Biden's spot or what? I assume everybody does. But you know, know, you got these pictures of the migrants in these really nice hotels trashing the places. And in a normal world, you know, it's kind of oh, like- Oh, and they're, they're, they're raping these kids and these girls in the flipping halls of these hotels. Like, it is oh, sickening. That's right. that's right. Yeah. But, is it, but it's no worse than what's happening in the Chicago schools with Lightfoot. And like, what was there, 600? Just from last year, there was over 600 assaults and rapes and different things in the mm -hmm. flipping schools in Chicago schools. What in yeah. the bloody heck, man? Oh, my goodness. It's all- which goes yeah. back to there's nobody in charge who really cares about anything important. No. And then you got people in charge like the the old man, the transgender school board dude that's going in the women's bathrooms, looking at the girls' hoo-hoos and ha-has. And yeah, this, well, God, this I mean, what, 
it's funny because what are we told about all these migrants, right? They're just looking for a better life. And, you know, you know, Trump was evil for saying that, you know, they're drug pushers and criminals and rapists and all that. But what do we see when, when we actually get here, when they actually get here? They're not exactly being grateful. Right. right? And they're not the ideal citizen, <laughs> the majority getting. of them. Right. right? Well, no. well, and then they just had the story. I don't know if you saw it. And I want to say it was in Fresno, but there was six people. Did you see that? The six that were slain, the cartels went up to Fresno and they're, well, they're attributing it to, I think it was the Sinaloa. 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 Yes. Sinaloa. If I could spit it out. Cartel. But there was six of them that were just slaughtered up in Fresno, mm-hmm. you know, and it's, it's bad enough. You know, the cartels have been they've had so much U S territory along the Southern border for years upon years, you know, with all these ranches that they're on and all that, but to go to Fresno, I'm just, I was blown away and, and nothing's changing. Yeah, isn't Fresno like really, really far from the border? Yes. Like really far. Yes. But that just shows you how far in they have infiltrated. I mean, they've been in our prison systems forever, you know, these cartel members, you know, and I, I think it's real sad that we aren't, talking or that the news isn't covering this war between the cartels and the Mexican military, because that all is affecting us. I think that's a big story that is lacking coverage. Why do you think that's affecting us today as opposed to being a perspective threat, Gina? How is that affecting us today in North Carolina? How is it affecting us now? Well, I can tell you right now, there are a crap load of illegal immigrants all across our area, specifically of North Carolina and all across the state. So as they come in, I mean, that's the same thing. So say uh, Guzman or whatever his name, what's his name? Son, is that Guzman's son that just got arrested? I think so. Cartel leader. Anyway, so and let's just say, for example, he's got a whole bunch of mules that have made it up here to North Carolina or made it up to Detroit or wherever else. Those drugs are running. The gang members, the MS-13, everything else is coming along with them the child trafficking that is coming up or the kids that are getting stolen from Walmart and being used through these gangs or any, I mean, just any of it, it affects us with drugs, trafficking. Isn't that that an effect? Isn't that a result of the open border, not the the gang control down there? No, it's both. It's both. The gangs are who has been running their military forever. That is such a flipping corrupt government. Like it's ridiculous. If we had but, the Marines patrolling the border, pre- preventing these people from coming in, it, we don't. That we would be great. Over there. That would be great. If we had somebody at the border patrolling it, is that what you said? Yeah, no, he said the Marines. Yeah, the only the only issue with that, so because they send National Guard down there and all the all that stuff all the time, but they can't enforce anything because they are not, um, they're not immigration agents. I guess that's the best way to say it. So they are nothing but a show of force when they're down there. Like absolutely nothing. Now, if we had snipers all along the wall that could just and send some warning shots saying, don't you step foot on this ground, that's how they would turn around. But otherwise, yeah, the military is just a show of force down there. They can't actually do anything. I mean, I think what's wonderful about all this is all the mayors and governors who have said, you know, they're better than American citizens and they enrich us and they help our economy. And now that they're here, they're like, uh, we're falling apart. We can't handle another thousand. Right. Well, in, in the in the truth of the matter is, you know, when it, they say they're helping the American economy, majority of the time, and that's not just the Mexican uh, immigrant or not Mexican, but ones that come up through Mexico, but your Albanians, Armenians, all of that, they send their money back home. 
that money's not staying here in the U.S. Now, there are some, you know, that they'll get their tax ID number and they work. Like my soon-to-be daughter-in-law, for example, she is um, a dreamer. She's DACA and whatnot, you know, and she has taxes that come out and all this kind of stuff. And she's not getting a free education. She has to pay for everything. But there's so many of them. That money doesn't stay here. What the heck is it benefiting us, honestly? Yeah, that's a good point, actually, Gina. Yeah, but it yeah. is because of the open border. And uh, and it will be, will be interesting if they, quote unquote, impeach Mayorkas. I mean, obviously nothing would ever happen in the Senate. So the libertarian response to that would be that if they're working, they're creating value and some consumer is benefiting from that value. That's that would be the answer. Actually, I think the libertarian or those that you're talking about are just so pro open border. They don't care if they create value or not. <laughs> no, I mean, really, th those libertarians who are not my libertarians are just against any border, period. Everybody should be able to freely move wherever they want, except for their houses. Right. Well, th this is where oftentimes people on the right, Republicans are off message when they focus on the economic impact, because the big issue is the cultural impact. When you're importing all these people from third world, world countries, and you, obviously they're not being assimilated properly, they're not being taught what it means to be an American. All right. I just realized something, and I hate to interrupt you and go back to what we started with. But whatever he's asking, well, like, why is he even cleaning out his offices and garage? And clearly it's to make room for immigrants. That's what it is, because he's so kind and so loving. He's making room. Mm -hmm. He's kicking Hunter. No, maybe, well, maybe he's gonna maybe he's gonna charge them a hundred thousand dollars a month. He's mm -hmm. just doubling up and making a little bit more money than he was on Hunter's fifty thousand a month. Or maybe he can't find an immigrant that's willing to do the job. Maybe. Oh. <laughs> maybe. Yeah, is it safe to speculate that um, some of these classified documents may pertain to Hunter and all the other activities that were going on even while he was in office selling access? Well, didn't they already say that there are some documents that relate to Ukraine, Iran, and Ukraine, Iran and China? None China? of this makes sense. Why would anybody keep a document? <laughs> And even if they want to know, really, and even if they wanted a record, yeah. put it on a thumb drive. Why do people keep any papers? I so totally don't get it. I get it if he wants to write a book. He needs evidence to then put that on a thumb drive. Some people say it's like names of people in Ukraine who have helped them who are going to help him. But why does it have to be in a document? I'm kind of confused. Why did he have to leave his computer at a at a computer repair shop? The guy's an idiot. No, so Whoever. he's dumb. But I mean, the whole Biden team is that stupid? Yes. Why do they need documents? I don't know if, if they were going to incriminate them, you would think that they would just get rid of it, all of it. You would think? It really is very odd, yeah. I mean, you could stick anything you want inside a pen today, as far as I know. Well, Why have papers lying around? I think it's because, number one, they, he didn't take them because he wanted to hide them. He took them because he wanted to use them. And number two, he thought he was bulletproof. Democrats never take the fall for these things. Right, but we know he didn't take them personally. I mean, that was the thing with Trump. How do we know that? Because nobody's packing their own office at 76 years old. They're just not. No, they're not. he's not packing his own office, but if he's got... He's got documents that are sensitive that he might want to use 
You know, it's sort of like a Rolodex. He might not pack the whole office, but I bet he packs his Rolodex. I mean, you know, our younger readers not, might not remember what a Rolodex is, but, you know, he, he might, you know, that's the kind of thing that he might pack up himself and, and keep in paper form and save the, you know, the contact information. You know, it depends on what's on those documents. Yeah. I don't know. I personally, I put it on a thumb drive, so, or a micro, a little micro card. Maybe he's too old to understand how to use a thumb drive. <laughs> well, that's probably. He doesn't get the technology. Maybe he's like George Bush and doesn't know how to use a uh, cash register thing. There you go. A scanner. That's yeah. it right there. Maybe he likes to sniff the paper. <laughs> yeah. Um, like, like the old ditto paper, right? Speak, speaking of which, his wonderful rendition of Happy Birthday. and Oh, that was beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> Next Happy he'll be birthday. on the Mac. He'll be Happy on the Mac. Birthday, dear. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> uh, too funny. Uh, oh my god. Well, uh, let me turn to another story. I think it's kind of a big story because I, I think it um it's it speaks to the left's ongoing uh relentless assault assault on our constitutional rights and our free speech. I think uh Sheila Jackson Lee had proposed a, a bill. That Shut up. Shut up, Mike. You're racist. Yeah. Don't even say it. I know. I'm a, I'm white supremacist. So Dude. I it can be put away for a long time. But basically, yeah, I mean, the, the bill is about criminalizing hate speech. Uh, let me just re read a little bit from the article from Fox. It says, under Jackson Lee's bill, a person engages in a white supremacy-inspired hate crime when white supremacy ideology has motivated the planning, development, preparation, or perpetration of actions that that constituted a crime or were undertaken in furtherance of activity that, if effectuated, would have constituted a crime. The bill would impose criminal penalties for anyone who published material advancing white supremacy, white supremacist ideology, uh, on and on and on. And I'm not sure exactly what the penalties were going to be, but I think you get the point. Um, Does that, it mention unconscious bias in there, right? Isn't that something else that she has yeah, in that bill? Sure. I get my glasses on, but uh, <laughs> you know, obviously, it's another uh, potential attack on people like us who want to uh, speak our minds. And if you don't say, if you go against um, what people like Sheila Jackson Lee and other Marxists, um, you know, uh, are, are opposed to. They want to throw you in jail. So before commenting on that, I want to throw into that mix the story that just came out of Portsmouth, New Hampshire, about two men in an organization, quote, described as a hate group, are being accused of violating the New Hampshire Civil Rights Act mm -hmm. because they hung a banner off a bridge that said, keep New England white. And apparently, had it not been a <laughs> political statement that people didn't like, it would have been okay. But now it's a civil rights violation. Frankly, keep New England white to me. I was thinking about the snow for the moment. But again, <laughs> you know, Mike, you're saying this is bad. If we don't protect the speech of the speech we hate, like this banner, for instance, then do we have the right to come back now and complain? You know, it's kind of like when they threw Alex Jones off. So they've been narrowing permitted speech for a very long time. Sure. Well, that's been the problem with hate speech from day one. You should always obviously punish the behavior. You don't punish the thought. I yeah, mean, the speech. I, I, We're hanging I, I, up I, a banner. I, 
a crime of passion when a husband murders his wife or something like that isn't worse than somebody who hates somebody because of their race. They you don't mean that? Wait a minute. Do you mean they're dead longer? Yeah. But uh, the other um, similar thing I wanted to bring up was right from here in New Jersey, I had shared with you guys uh, a number of days ago, but the Murphy administration, the state legislature passed a bill um, about having a disinformation curriculum in the schools. I saw that. And of course, once you start digging as with a lot of this stuff, uh, including the, the Project Veritas expose from last night that uh, exposed a, a CRT, uh, somebody pushing CRT in the schools, but not calling it CRT. Um, these are people who, who obviously are opposed to us. They want to shut us up, silence us. And now they want to use our kids against it. They want to they indoctrinate kids. They want kids to go home and tell mommy and daddy, you shouldn't be watching Tucker Carlson. You shouldn't be listening to Sean Hannity. And, you know, you name it. Uh, and, and they might be right about actually, Sean Hannity. They might be right about Sean Hannity. What is he actually proposing, Mike? This is basically a ministry of truth for our kids. Mm -hmm. Okay? That they're going to be told that all the right-wing rhetoric, all the right-wing outlets are lies, propaganda, disinformation, misinformation, and they're going to be filling young skulls full of mush, as Rush would always say, in the schools with all of this shit. Excuse my French. So this is aimed at the teachers, basically, is like part of curriculum to train kids to identify. Right. To train them to identify misinformation, all of the above. And we know who the culprits of that are going to be. It's going to be the Liberty Block. It's going to be Fox News. It's, it's going to be Breitbart. You, you name it. So that that's what's being you're, you're addressing a, a problem that's just so corrupt and so rotten to the core mm -hmm. that. To me, the only solution is just withdrawing your kids from that system and not exposing them to that. Mm -hmm. And I don't see how there's any other solution to that. The problem is that's obviously <clears throat> not confronting the problem at all. It's it's Atlas Shrugged more, which is probably a great idea anyway. And I'm obviously pro-homeschool, but they were sort of ceding that to them anyway. Well, it's, it directly solves the problem by keeping your kids away from that poison. Yep. But it right. does what they're actually doing. And it, are you allowed to do that in New Jersey? Move to a different state if you have to. Well, then you have to pay the exit tax. Do they have that yet? Oh, they had it in New Jersey. There is an exit tax in New Jersey? Yeah, I believe yeah. so. But you can sell your house and just rent for a year, and that's how you avoid it. Okay, what is this tax? If you, you move, you got to pay up. Shut up. Okay. If I rent an apartment in New Jersey and I move, I have to pay something or only if I own a home? No, I don't I don't want to misstate the facts. <laughs> Ed, if you know it a little better than me, by all means, take it. Because I, I, I never heard of details, this. But I, it, it, there's a withholding on uh, on the RESPA, I think, on the on the, the document when you sell a house. And if you're if you're buying a house in another state, there's an additional tax that they put on you. Here, here it is. New Jersey exit tax requires you to withhold either 9% of the profit capital gain you make on the sale of your home or 2% of the total sale price, whichever is higher, or 8.97%. How long has there been? I've literally never heard of this. How long has it been this? Pretty long time, I think. Been for a while, I think. Five years, 10 years? So it's, it's one of the worst states, if not the worst state, to retire in. And, of course, they want to try to keep you trapped. 
Oh, so that's what it's to keep you from retiring and taking your money out. Kind of like the Hotel California. Correct. But it's only on when you sell the house. So if you sell the house and then rent for a year, then you get the money. You, then they don't uh, take that money away because you're not leaving the state. Then a year from now, you can, you know, a year after selling the house, then you can send your money abroad yeah. and and get yeah. out that way. So what was the percentage, Mike? Or Gina? It was 8.97% of the profit or 2% of so the Basically, value or if like I've been living in my house that I bought with my beloved wife 50 years ago, that I bought for 20 grand, that we paid off and it's now worth a million dollars 50 years later, I'm going to have to give like $80,000 to the government for the privilege of leaving. <laughs> yes. I, I literally never heard of it. Does any other state yeah. have this? Welcome to New Jersey. Never, I have never it heard of that be. before. California, I think, has, a, has one of those. Yeah. Of course, I mean, it's the listen, states that you want to leave too, right? I, I should come. I should come on every week with another nugget about New Jersey because it doesn't. No, I did not know this, and I I kind of follow stuff. They, and this is not indexed to inflation, I assume. <laughs> Hope not. I mean, New Jersey has always had one of the worst estate taxes. Uh, you know, um, the death tax and all that stuff. Do so when you buy a house in New Jersey, does anybody tell you about this? I, I don't know if they do or not. Maybe if you have a really good realtor, who knows? Because with inflation, your house is going to be worth more, let's say, mm -hmm. even though it's not. And then they just eat that yeah. away. Wow. I mean, there That's was like a, 2004. That's a long time, almost 20 years. Wow. So, I mean, there was another bill that just passed in New Jersey where they're mandating that if companies have mass layoffs, let's say they, they lay off like uh, 100 employees at a, at a time. The company is being forced to pay severance. Wonderful. That I saw something about. Yeah. So it, it's hard to keep up with the nonsense. I mean, again, New Jersey's, you know, one of the worst states for business climate in the entire mm. country. <laughs> so, wow. Well, if you can't lay them off, they can't leave and sell their houses. Yeah. <laughs> that That's um, so when the wackos, some of whom are affiliated with Liberty Block, Say taxation is theft. Is that not as crazy as it sounds? Mm -hmm. And that's a wealth tax. That's not even an income tax. That's like it's like yeah. the state. We'll just steal well, your money. Obviously, when you're taxing inheritance and the ability to people to pass on their wealth that they generated in their life to their next of kin, um, you're talking Marxism one on one. But at least most people we weasel out of that with trust and all the other stuff. This one, I assume there's a whole market out there of how to get out of this one. Oh, yeah. They keep right. the, the estate planners hard at work. That's for sure. Well, like I said, Stephen, the way to get out of this one is when you sell the house, you don't buy, you don't immediately leave the state. You rent for a year and then you leave. Rent, meaning you rent it back from the buyer or you rent it out to somebody? Or, just, or rent a condo for a year. Oh, you stay in the state. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. You stay in the state, you could yeah. stay in a trailer for a year. Exactly. Oh, my Lord. So it's like, you know, New York, they have the millionaire tax. If you sell a house for more than a million, there's a tax. Mm -hmm. It's amazing how many houses go for $999,999,999. And people literally will sell their houses for cheaper because no one. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Logical behavior. Which Which goes back to, when should we have protested? Somebody on a podcast this morning said my line, by the time it's too late, it's too late. And I remember saying that a couple of years ago. 
So if you don't protest and yell and get out the pitchforks when it's not too late, mm -hmm. when it's too late, it's too late. Mm -hmm. Well, what's the saying about liberty being lost and not being able to get it back? Oh, Biden said you're not allowed to say watering trees with uh, with blood. I think in the same speech as he said that we need F-15s. <laughs> wow. How many F-15s does the January 6th people have? Thank you. That's what I, somebody was saying that exact thing. And they may, may, may have been on Gutfeld. That how can they say you need an F-15 to fight the government when a guy with a Viking hat almost destroyed democracy? And I thought that was a great line. <laughs> oh, That's great. Yeah. Gee whiz. Now, I'm not <laughs> sure why we can't own an F-15. I don't know where anywhere it says I can't own an F-15. Well, you can't you can't own assault weapons up in uh, Illinois now. You, hey, you Illinois, we should be Jody on Illinois got clobbered now with that thing. Yes, but now he's in a battle. Their governor's in a battle with all the sheriffs because they will not enforce it. So Right, and he's saying he's going to fire them and people are saying he can't or something. Yeah, yeah, he... I, so there's already been multiple lawsuits filed. So that law's not, or that bill, whatever, is not going anywhere. It's not going to be enacted. So did you guys? Well, no, it was passed. It is. It's been signed. That's that's Pritzker's well, argument. Sorry, it's a law in the books. Right. Well, it won't be enacted by the sheriff's departments, and it's already they've. It won't be I think enforced. Got, right. That's. I guess that's the word I'm looking for. Yeah, it will not be enforced. I think the most important aspect of that is rejecting the notion of judicial supremacy. Right. I mean, we don't have to wait for a court to tell us whether it's unconstitutional. These these sheriffs swear their own independent oath to uphold the Constitution. They have an obligation to uh, interpret and and implement the Constitution just as much as a court does. Right. So I think it's really important that that principle be identified and and made prominent because too many people think that that the sheriffs are acting, you know, as little Caesars or uh, that they're violating the rule of law and they should go into a court and have a court determined. No, they have an independent, they take their own oath to uphold and defend the constitution. And I think it's great that they are taking that oath seriously and they're not waiting for a judge to give them permission to, to uphold their oath. They're upholding their oath regardless of what a judge may or may not say. And that's that's really, that's the big issue to me. And I think that's the valuable lesson of that. So somebody on one of my favorite shows, it's called Conservatarian Exchange, <laughs> I believe has been calling for this for a very long time, that sheriffs and other such functionaries start sticking up for the Constitution. Yeah. I, I, I think I know who you're talking about. Mm-hmm. And again, we're ahead of the curve, but I think 100% you're nailing it. It is refreshing to see. It's not the first time sheriffs have refused, and it will be interesting to see how it does play out. Now, it's, I thought Illinois is a red state except for one or two places. So That's my understanding, too, but Chicago is so big that it, it dwarfs the rest of the state. Right. Well, obviously, the murder rate's going to go down in Chicago, so maybe it's worth it. Yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah. Did you guys see Geraldo's appearance about what he said about ARs? No. Oh man, did I miss something good? On the five or the I think on the five. 
And uh, yeah, because he's getting blasted for it and very appropriately so, because people only buy those because they want to feel macho. And then he went on how bad it's an automatic machine gun, et cetera, and it stands for assault rifle, all the usual stupidities. Mm -hmm. But yeah. And it's funny because our fearless leader pointed out something very interesting. I am not a gun owner. I'm in New York. Um, and frankly, I don't want a gun. I just want people to think I have one. But Alu says that the people he knows that own ARs are the quietest, most unassuming people in the world. And because of that, we never hear of them. And they're not identified as AR owners because no one would think they own an AR. And I thought that was a really interesting point. I just want an AR so I can shoot down the F-15s when they come for us. Not that I can shoot it down. <laughs> ting, ting, ting. That's why. You give it your best shot, though, Gina. We know. I that. will. It'll be a distraction. I'll tell everybody, run. I'm taking down the F-15. They're coming for me. Yes. Um, a certain member of... Uh, let's say someone I know who's affiliated with Liberty Block had an AR-15 on his coffee table pointed at his front door for a very long time. But that was in a very free state. And I thought it was kind of an interesting welcome to the home. But the idea mm -hmm. that, you know, they portray every AR owner as the, you know, the Viking hat wearer type who's trying to overthrow the government rather than just the peaceful everyday citizen is very interesting because that's not talked about anywhere. Right. Yeah, I think they try to I, I think they try to do that with almost every gun owner. If you have a gun, there's a reason. And it's because you're trying to ruin it. Well, I think the first thing is you're trying to somehow overtake democracy if you have a gun. But it is it, it's just the excuse that we're out to be the bad guys if we have a gun instead mm -hmm. of just being people that want to defend our rights, defend ourselves. And that's simple. <laughs> I, I and like to go stand. and like to go shoot cans out in the woods. I that's yeah. the only one of the only times I went shooting was literally doing that, and that was out <laughs> in New Mexico. Like, you literally just go out and you just shoot stuff in the woods. Or shoot, shoot into the berm, yeah. I, yeah, just shooting bottles and jugs and whatnot. I can't stand when they say nobody needs that, and every once in a while somebody answers that with, "But that's none of your business." Right. And nobody needs an old Corvette, do they? No. <laughs> And you know he needs it. So what? Well, the other interesting thing, I mean, obviously, is how, how rich the Bidens are, and you know the fact that <coughs> he's got these this massive mansion, what right on the water in Delaware or whatever. And well, just, of course, the Bidens are like, rich. Hunter's paying them how much? Six hundred thousand a year. Six hundred thousand a year in rent. Come on, man. Yeah, that's right. Like Fifty thousand or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe Zelensky's it's amazing, tied it's in amazing all this. how wealthy you can get with a, a senator's salary after all this time. Mm -hmm. Lunch so, so I think the whole money laundering thing has been the biggest um, story to come out of that. I think that is yeah. such a good view of all of that. And yeah, I, I just want I'm excited to see where it goes. You're talking really about Ken Biden. Mm -hmm. Ken Biden part, yeah. Well, the Penn Biden and the Hunter Biden laundering the money to his father mm -hmm. under the guise of rent, even though he kind of owned the house, according mm -hmm. to some documents, but rented in others. And yeah, so I'd like to up. Oh, sorry, my child's screaming in the background. What's actually hitting me about that part of the story is if law enforcement were really looking at this, they probably not all that bright in how they hid this stuff. I mean, that's pretty dumb to put $50,000 rent on a form, isn't it? <laughs> 
Uh, again, I think to Ed's point, they think they they're right. Get away with everything, and because they always do. <laughs> yeah, but wouldn't, yeah. but wouldn't you? But wouldn't you think that you know whoever's I mean? helping they, him, they can hide things in plain sight. The whole right, but what thing and all that Chinese money coming in. But wouldn't you That's think fine. if they were bringing that? But the only thing, if they are bringing that money in. Wouldn't you think they would have somebody that's kind of guiding them saying, hey, this might come out later in the future. We might not want to word it this. I mean, you've always got advisors. He's got to have just like somebody advised him to sell. That, that, that's Mike's point. Why should they care? Even if they're caught, who cares? They get away with everything. Huh. Do you remember Clinton's money bags from that Chinese guy just bringing in bags and bags of money from a bunch of monks? Clinton, mm. Charlie Tree. That was blatant. Nobody yeah, cared. Charlie, very good. Charlie Tree. Yeah. yeah nobody cared. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's going back a good twenty-five. As when that, it's a long time, right? Thirty years, ninety-six, almost thirty years. Yeah. So, did anybody watch Zelensky speak earlier at the uh, at Davos? Did anybody care to hear him speak again for the hundredth time? Well, I heard that his wife was speaking about climate change because burning Ukraine is bad for climate change. Mm. (laughs) Yeah. What did he say, Gina? Oh, he was just saying how we needed to get ahead of Russia. That was all I got. We need to be faster and being ahead of Russia. So he needs a bunch of crap from a whole bunch of people again, so that he's in the forefront and not having to ask for stuff after Russia attacks. So that's all. Same. He's just making pleas. The same thing he's done everywhere else. And then they had the helicopter crash in Ukraine earlier today. So that took out 15 and then their interior minister, I believe it was. At what point is this war out of control world war wise? I mean, I mean, we're pushing American it. troops when American troops start getting shot at. I mean, we're already bringing people here to Oklahoma to train. Different countries are sending more and more tanks. Um, we're less and less hiding our involvement. Right. Do you think the line is okay? But what always happens is it's the covert American troops who get shot at first. So is that enough to make this into a problem? When there's body bags, there'll be a problem, right? They'll they'll just say that the that they had a a heart attack. That's what the body bag will be, and it's not from the COVID vaccine, right? Because generally we send in quote advisors first, don't we? And then we deny they're ever being there. I just think we're getting really close to a bad place and I'm not really a worry word, but I think we've been in a bad place. Nobody's backing down from either side. And it seems like our side of the map, you know, America, Britain, et cetera, are pushing further into it. Well, we don't have Ed Powell here to defend the Ukrainians. Uh, but I'll say that I think the Russians are going to win this war and end it sooner rather than later. I don't think it's going to extend forever. Because it's going to be, what, a year on, what, February 20th, 22nd, 23rd somewhere? 23rd or 4th, yeah. But, okay, Ed, define mean it. it. What's going to end the war other than Ukraine surrendering right. unconditionally? Significant escalation, is that what you're saying? I think eventually they'll, they'll surround Kiev if they have to. And they'll, they'll, make, they'll make Zelensky flee or they'll kill him. Why haven't they done it yet? Because the problem is, will the world allow it? The world seems to be pushing more and more defense stuff in there. I don't think that the Ukrainians are going to hold out. I don't think that all the weapons in the world are going to help them defend themselves against what's coming. What do you see coming? Missiles. 
I think that the Russians are going to do a full-scale invasion, and I think they're preparing for it, and they're waiting for the right moment. I'm, I'm a little surprised it hasn't happened yet in the middle of winter, but uh, winter still has a long ways to go in that part of the world. So well, it seems like we'll they're taking a lot of hits, biding their time, waiting. Like why didn't, why didn't they go all, all out before? Um, well, if Ed were here, Ed would say that they did go all out and they got their asses kicked. I think that I don't think, that, I don't think their, I don't think they've gotten their asses kicked, and I think that they're just this is the Russian way. They throw lots of men at the problem. They don't usually, uh, you know, it's not like they have tactical uh, and material superiority. Um, but I think that I mean, it's not like the Ukrainians are pushing them back. It's not like the Ukrainians are pushing into Russia. Uh, you know, why would the Russians feel like they're being threatened? The entire war is being fought on Ukrainian soil. I mean, well, ninety-nine percent is Russia was hit on some very minor things, but right, you have but lost a heck like, of a lot of soldiers. It's like the and American they, Civil and they lost War, right? King. It's like the American Civil War. The entire war was fought in the South, and at some point they gave out. They didn't have enough. I mean, they, there was just too much destruction. Right, and but now you didn't the, have you didn't have half the countries in the world supporting the South with armaments and stuff. True. That's true. In other you words, this war will continue because people are helping Ukraine and not forcing him to <clears throat> kind of a, a deal. Well, I guess as the blind men say, we shall see. Yes, and I shall see y'all next week. Gotta go. God bless. Uh, Great I, seeing you, Gina. You too. I'll see you guys later. Yeah, I just Bye. think it gets slightly scarier all the time. All right, let's talk about the revenge of Wyoming. You're talking about them talking about banning electric car sales? Yeah. I thought I that was a weird to, story. I should talk to my friend out there. Um, he's in law school. That means he has no time to talk. Wow. It, part of me laughs. Part of me says it's kind of interesting. It's in your face. Uh, we could play the game, too. Part of it is serious in the sense that their entire economy is oil and coal. I believe they're the biggest coal producer in the country. And... You know, they want some kind of. I'm I'm not sure that's a equivalent blow in return there. It's though. not equivalent, <laughs> but is it a statement or is it just stupid? I, I can't decide. Uh, I don't know. Well, all I know is uh, if I needed another reason to not get Domino's pizza, I got it when they started advertising that their whole fleet of cars is going to be electric and save the planet. So you want old ladies to die. Exactly. I'm glad you could read it in between the lines there. <laughs> Somebody put up a story that a Hummer took five days to charge an electric Hummer. My Alexa just went off <laughs> because I said Hummer. Alexa, stop! <laughs> That's a first. Wait, how do we know Alexa's not your mother-in-law? Uh, well, I haven't <laughs> talked about my mother-in-law at all. On the show. You have an Alexa? Yes. Yeah, so uh, she is listening to everything that we say right now. And reporting it back to the uh, NSA. So I am a super early adapter, but I've refused that. That's where I drew my line. I have something sitting in a closet from Google that I will not open. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Because even though I know my phone is listening to every word I say, I've drawn the line at one mm -hmm. of those. <laughs> yep. I've got to tell you, we've got one in our house, and, and I, I don't like them at all. I'd much rather manually turn my lights on and off, turn my stuff on and off. I, I don't like it. Yeah. Well, mine doesn't do that. 
So it's just a dot. You have to train it. Get, get to ask it about the weather and, you know. Um, I mean, I love the technology. Some music, but music, tell some dirty jokes, things like that. Like I keep saying, we're living the prequel to 1984. We're bringing this in our homes and it's. Yeah. Well, listen, do you have a smart TV? No, I don't actually. You have a dumb TV. I do. And it's very interesting. My TV is very, very old and we really do not want to replace it. Yeah. Because of that, even though you can get such great deals on fantastic TVs, that's scary. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're they're watching we're being, you too, right? We're being tracked. Listen, I, I have, I get, I get an email every month from Google Maps. Here's, here's where you were all month. You went here, you went there. Right. I, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it is scary. And then we talked about some of that stuff as it pertains to January sixth and how they can track people and. Find out where, where you were and what you were doing. Unless your name is Ray Epps. Not, not, not hard to do. Right? Especially if the, the credit card companies want to turn over your private information. So. Like I say, we are, we are bringing 1984 upon ourselves, which is, it just fascinates me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The default mode is our privacy is being infringed on more and more every day. Yeah, we've, well, we, it's not being infringed. We, we sign it away. There's that too. And how far are we from these transhumanistic chips? And Well, the good news is they just found another Earth-like planet, uh, I don't know, 100 light years away. So if we start... If we start walking now... Start, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I somehow I don't think they're gonna let anybody from Liberty Block on that spaceship. Yeah. Um, yeah, you're probably right about that. <laughs> Ed, we don't have um Ed Virginia here, but that story is getting bigger and bigger about 13 schools now in Virginia refuse to tell their students that they got what was it, honors tests or something. You, you following that story? No, what's the story? <clears throat> I, I mean, this broke a few weeks ago or so, right? But go ahead. Yeah, but now it's many more schools. Apparently, you know, these kids take these like advanced placement tests. And it's not, if somebody can Google it real fast, Mike, I don't know. And they didn't tell the children that they won. Mm. And they like denied them a whole bunch of opportunities by hiding from them the fact that they scored very high on tests. And this is like, it's going to be interesting. I guess there'll be civil suits. Mm-hmm. It's pretty scary again your child is doing exceptionally well and you're not told well that's equity well it it is another it's another piece of evidence for for my point earlier that these schools are so rotten to the core that they're irredeemable and the only solution is to withdraw your kids from them that's the only solution you've got to find an alternative these schools are just they're not redeemable they're so rotten to the core that we can't Mm -hmm. We, we can't save them. We can't fix them. And, and that's really the, I mean, that's sort of an overarching theme in American culture and society right now. How many of our institutions are so rotten to the core that they can't be fixed? I mean, can the Republican Party be fixed? I'm not really sure. Can the military be fixed? I don't know. Can the police departments be fixed? I don't know. Um, a lot of fixing. You know, can, huh? <laughs> that's a lot of fixing that needs to be done. But I mean, that's just right off the top of my head. And, and I mean, you know, 
I can't say definitively, absolutely. There's, you know, there may be a few rotten apples, but they're, they're still basically good organizations. Yeah. I mean, they're That's- not. I mean, the FBI, the CIA, I mean, you, you go down the list and, and it's just one rotten to the core organization after another. Mm-hmm. And at what point is the rot just so great that it, it can't be fixed? And so now we have one of the 51 admitting that when he signed that letter that it was Russian disinformation, he knew it wasn't. And again, where's the consequence? And that's deep, deep in the intelligence world. And like you're saying, is it so rotten that you can't? Well, it, it's certainly rotten when people are also, you know, feeding at the trough and making tons and tons of money. <laughs> I think that's, you know, part of that whole James O'Keefe Project Veritas expose yesterday about this guy and how he's been pushing this curriculum. And he basically even termed himself like an evil salesman or something like that. And it's all about making a buck and, and knowing that you could just, you know, scam the system and fool people right in front of their faces about what, what you're doing, get away with stuff. But it, it, ultimately, it's all about making a, making a buck, making an easy buck. That's what these people are, are all about. And well, for some it is, and some is ideology, and some is a mixture. But I think the well, people making a buck are preying on the ideologues who are naive and you know mm-hmm. will grasp at something and pay anything for it since it's your money. Yeah. And again, DeSantis, DeSantis leading the way because he fights so many of these efforts. Yeah, we won't tolerate certain things, but no other governor, no other state legislature, seemingly, even if they have super majorities, quote unquote. And and he continues to show that he's got his finger on the pulse. And that that NHL story I shared with you guys yesterday is the latest example. (laughs) Basically pushed back. The NHL was having a job fair in Fort Lauderdale and basically just inviting um, non-whites, minorities, non-whites. Exactly. The anti-white supremacy uh, job fair or something to that effect. But when he found out about it, he pushed back and they 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 cowered. He got them to change course. So more points for for DeSantis. You know, a lot of people talk about Christy Nome as a, as a potential rival for, for DeSantis. But what is she doing to fight the woke culture? She's not doing anything. I haven't heard anything. Well, I think if there's another potential hero, and I, I don't want to say that she is yet, it would be Sarah Huckabee. I mean, we'll have to see. She started she, strong, huh? We'll see. We'll see. Time will tell. That'd be an interesting ticket, huh? That's Florida and Arkansas? I still think Josh Hawley is a good second for DeSantis. But if he could pick up a woman? <laughs> His wife might not like that, but. But I mean, that, that's the way people, you know, I have nothing against Holly. Yeah. I mean, listen, you know, I think you have to I be somewhat to... strategic when it comes to that position. Not that you want to. What state is Holly yeah. from? Missouri. It's pretty much the same as Arkansas, kind of. Demographically or Missouri's a little yeah. more liberal, maybe. Think that I think that strong, quiet leadership is going to be what what people want going forward. If the Republicans are going to win, I mean, the Democrats are going to run on chaos, and I mean, if they don't explicitly run on it, that's their platform. They're going to create more chaos, 
and either people are going to go for it or they're going to they're going to look for something that's more firm and uh, I don't want to sound overly sexist, but I don't think a woman is is as firm as a man. I think a man is going to be a better fit for, yeah, for vice president. You got to answer the Golda Meir, Thatcher, and those people. And that lady in Italy, is she still around? I haven't heard much from her lately. Is she still prime minister? I don't know. Don't they have a new election for prime minister every month in, in Italy? They used to. They used to. I think they're falling behind Israel. So I don't know how much you follow Israeli politics, but so Israel has finally with this government, which may or may not last another day, but they have a, a minister of internal security who's what they'll call far right and another minister who's very strongly on the right. And apparently there's an American delegation over there that's making a very big deal out of we will not meet with these ministers. And I'm curious how often America does that going into a foreign country and says we won't meet with certain people in your government. Oh, I mean, you know, it took us, what, 16 years before we recognized the Soviet Union. It took us uh, 24 years before we recognized so uh, communist China. No, but this is a government that we have tremendously strong relationships with. But now we don't like a few people in your government. So we're going to isolate those. Whereas Russia was an enemy who became, you know, not an enemy, et cetera, et cetera. But I mean, when we go to Britain and say we're not going to meet with your people, isn't that like kind of bordering on interfering in affairs of other country kind of thing? It just seems Whoa, very arrogant. Really onto and, something there. Maybe we should investigate how much the U.S. is involved in other countries. Gee whiz. <laughs> you bring Alu on for that. I just thought it was really distasteful. Um, and where are you going to draw that line of who do we accept as your ministers and who don't we? I don't think they had as much a problem with one of the ministers in the last government, <coughs> you know, an Arab guy and the, what do you call it? The uh, vice, what do they call it? Vice chairman of the Knesset was like TB who works closely with Yasser Arafat. They didn't have a problem with that as much. It's not, I mean, you're, you're searching for a principle and the only principle that applies is how can we harm America and how can we harm America's allies? Exactly. Thank you. The, the Bolsonaro story, I don't know if that's from this week or from last week, but same thing, right? I mean, you know, they want to have, you know, give refugees free, free access to the U.S. Bolsonaro is ru rumored to be in Florida and they want to deport him. Even though he, even after he, uh, you know, denounced the, the protesters in Brazil and basically let, you know, led to it fizzling out. Uh, you know, they're not for refugees. They're not for immigrants. They're not for the only thing they're for is destruction of the United States and harm to her enemies and uh, her allies and interests. That that's their principle. <coughs> I, I'm tempted to end the show with that ditty of brilliance, um, but I I just do have to mention the headline: Three cheers for the surge and liberal men getting vasectomies. I um. Talk about fighting for us. Well, they usually shoot blanks anyway, so. <laughs> you just got to wonder. <laughs> Mike, what didn't we touch on, so to speak? No, nah, I mean, I, I wanted to touch on uh, some of that stuff from New Jersey from before. So that was kind of on my agenda. You got to bring those in because I didn't know about a couple of those things at all. Yeah, yeah, you know, like I said, um, it's it's always one thing after another in New Jersey, 
You're the uh, only I, one left behind enemy lines for us there, Mike. You got, well, you know. I tell you, I don't, I don't pay attention as much as I used to. I mean, when I was at Americans for Prosperity, I would pay attention to a lot of the fiscal bills that would come before the committee. So I knew everything. And the, the scary thing is there's really not a watchdog like that in the state right now. Um, in fact, what's, what's really scary is some of the movement conservatives that were in the legislature have vacated their seats. And, um, you know, we're seeing things kind of even worse than that because what's happening is without a group like AFP, a strong AFP-like group, um, having a coalition at least that can band together like a Freedom Caucus in the legislature, uh, their voting records are getting worse among Republicans in New Jersey. And we're also seeing um, a lot of left-wing groups like unions starting to play more and more on Republican turf. And this is what happens when you have, first and foremost, a party that doesn't stand for anything, doesn't fight for anything, and ultimately it starts to become complacent and not give a crap about anything but preserving their own seats. But you're, you invite this, and even like people who are in the base of the party, people who are in the Tea Party movement, things like that, have, you know, they're not as involved as they were before. Is part of that just self-sorting, just leaving it to the blues and getting out? I, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if you frame it that way or not. I like mean, giving I, up on New Jersey. Yeah, I mean, I think there is some of that. I mean, and you see that with people voting with their feet. Because New Jersey's it, consistently forty nine or fifty in like everything. Yeah, it's bad, and I used to point that stuff every year. Number one for outbound migration, worse for tax climate, worse for business climate. <laughs> and, you know, it just gets it gets. I'm worse. wondering if people just say yeah. with it, and it's not worth fighting here. And just I think there's along. definitely some of that, and it was accelerated during COVID because of all the lockdowns <laughs> um, that people were like they've had it, so they left. So, yeah, you're you're the last one standing, Mike. Maybe one or two. Yeah, well, nobody's <laughs> reporting to us. Some of us have fled to better pastures. Mm-hmm. Free oh, your you're, you're the last man standing in New York, then. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm going to shut the lights here. I got to do this George Santos story. You keep saying it can't get worse, and it gets worse. Apparently, he's got like five different names. He was doing GoFundMe under some European-sounding Jewish name. He's like, there's <laughs> even when you think you finally found everything he lied about, there's four more things. And apparently they gave him committee assignments, but I, I don't know what this game is, but I would think they should jettison him faster rather than slower because you talk about nerve. Mm -hmm. But why? I mean, Democrats don't jettison theirs. Why should we attack our own? I mean, well, I don't think we should support them. Yeah. I don't think we should encourage it, but let the voters throw them out. <laughs> they, 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 they can't they throw them out for two years. And I think at a certain point, you got to stand on a certain principle. When you lie about absolutely everything, you're really making a mockery. I don't know. I just, I guess. apparently it's going to be some criminal issue, something with Brazil he was doing. And <laughs> the fact that- You know, I just keep remembering, I keep remembering when Harry Reid made those accusations against mm -hmm. Mitt Romney. Right. And, and he was asked afterwards, you know, do you it feel worked. bad about it? And no. he said, it, it worked. worked. It worked. <laughs> so, you know, piss on them. I don't really care. I don't like the guy. I'm not, I wouldn't vote for him if he were in my district. I'd vote for his primary challenger. But 
the Democrats don't deserve what we're giving them. We shouldn't give them any unearned victories. So I will agree with you from that angle, you're correct. I'm just worried about our angle. Will we have any principles left when there is uh, the moral point. victories? The more we're back to the moral victories. I, I think most of us could kind of. I mean, is, is it going to change Congress? On past those kinds of victories. If we jettison him, is it going to change Congress? You know, is he the last seat that we need? I just, it's so embarrassing. And he's my congressman, for goodness sake. Embrace it. Why don't you run, why don't you primary him and run against him? Seriously. Oh, uh, you want 100,000? <laughs> First of all, this is New York where Republicans hate conservatives and libertarians. But you're a rabbi. Yeah, that'll make it a thousand times worse. So I'd lose half of my congregation just by mentioning it. I, I know someone who might be able to hook you up. <laughs> yeah, you, you know where the Jews stand on these issues. So mm -hmm. always to the left. You got to come up with know. a good slogan with your last name, though. I, I'm trying to think of something, but... <laughs> Take an axle into the budget. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. We're, I hope we're all downhill or uphill from there. Ed, <laughs> what story didn't we get to that you wanted to get to? Real quick. Um, I, I forget if this is from this week or from last week, but we never, I don't think we paid our respects to Pope, to Pope Benedict passing. And I don't think we mentioned that there was some rumblings that Pope Francis might not be as popular as we all think he is. Did you so, hear he was like uh, cursing at some speech he gave to some Spanish uh, seminarians or something? He was letting go of the F word. I didn't hear that, but I did Google hear that. It's out there. I heard some rumblings that he's not so popular and that there may be a little mutiny, right? Uh, a, a little mutiny uh, coalescing. Uh, but, you know, Benedict was an, a, an important figure and, you know, we should have at least acknowledged his passing and, uh, I just wanted to make sure we did that. Yeah, I mean, he was only important to like a billion people, right? Something like that. Something like that. Yeah, I agree. Mike, any comments on the Pope? No, no nothing much to add to that. I mean, I'm trying to remember how long he was even Pope. It wasn't very long, um, you know. But obviously, the the Church wasn't looking for somebody to be there in there very long after Pope John Paul II. <laughs> Um, but I, I think, um, no, there's not much I, I can add. Uh, obviously, the, the latest pope is a little bit more problematic. The first un-Catholic pope in how long? Yeah. Yeah. Since one of the schisms. Since one of the schisms. There we go. All right, folks, with that, we're going to close off. Wish everyone a good evening. Be back next week. And we should have all six of us, I believe, will be here next week. Have awesome. a wonderful evening.